Hi, everyone. I am Sophia Bracker. Welcome to my podcast. You had it in you all along. This podcast is to remind you that who you are right now is enough. Each episode, I chat with amazing souls, and through sharing of stories, you will learn how to connect with yourself and hold the belief that anything is possible if you really want to achieve it. In this show, you will come to know that everything comes up for healing, which means to make whole. On today's episode, I am blessed to be joined by Tiana Maximovich Fino. As a multifaceted qualified natural therapist, holistic healer, and intuitive energy reader of the Subtle Energy Blueprint, Diana detects and treats effectively, face-to-face and at distance, the root causes of individual or group issues. She takes into account all relevant aspects of your whole reality, being the mental, the emotional, the physical, physiological, intuitive, relationships, career, financial, psychic, spiritual, spatial, and others as they come up to make this an integral healing experience. So for those of you still new to this term integral, think of body, mind, and spirit, all the aspects that embody that, that's integral healing. Tiana teaches self-healing, and this is exactly how our paths crossed not so long ago when the restrictions in Sydney were lifted, and I reached out to her to tie up some loose ends in my heart, mind, my soul, and my physical body. So I always go by word of mouth when I choose my healers. It was actually through Pia, who is on episode four, Tiana has treated most of her family, that I've basically got your number and phoned you. So I want you to all remember that Tiana is the original healer, as I call them. There's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, there's no story. She's the real deal. She's been doing this for decades. She was born into this not knowing that this was her gift and through the knowing she's been able to then allow that to flow through in her life and how she deals with every person that she comes into contact with, a client or not. So ultimately from our process and the way that she sees other clients, she assists people like me to more effectively follow a direct path to their own collective true well-being. So she will give you whatever it is that you're missing along the path to integrate that into your day-to-day rituals in your mindset and to evolve and to heal. So for those of you new to this modality of healing, I will now explain this more. Integral healing allows you to reclaim your birthright, to live as your whole authentic self and create your destiny by becoming wiser, more poised and grounded, so as to experience a higher quality of life. And as Tiana was discussing with me earlier on before our recording, to appropriately and effectively resolve issues in your life is another way of looking at this healing modality. The better integrated you are, the healthier you become, and the quicker you manifest your highest well-being your good relationships, and fulfilling activities. Then you can contribute directly and indirectly to peace and sustainability on earth, which in turn contributes to your safety and well-being. When I see that sentence, I think of COVID-19, and I think if everybody did this, wouldn't it be a different outcome right now? So I'm just holding space that more people come into that mind. 
set and work with that belief within them. Now, this is from Tiana's website. Our beautiful planet needs us to help her and all life forms, endangered by many forms of man-made pollution. So, hello, Tiana. So good to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> it's so good to see you in person because we actually did our session by distance. Yes. So it was the first time I see you today on a camera. Yeah, so that's great. I'm so excited to have you here today to share your life story as a healer, a humble human, and I call you an evolved soul. I do want to let listeners know that we intend to regularly feature Tiana so you may better understand the depths of each aspect of your being as she shares this through a client's healing journey. So today it's more about Tiana and then we'll feature so many different aspects of ourselves through her client journeys and it will be a beautiful portfolio of conversations that will evolve over time. So I'm really excited. I'm super just fulfilled really that our paths are crossed and you offered to do this and I kind of went one episode and you went no as many chunks as you want and I went oh please don't say that I'll go for more and more and more because I just love this stuff so thank you so for today tell us more about your journey the awakening to the self-healer within you Tiana your lessons your learnings and your blessings thank you for the having me and giving me this opportunity to talk about it. Uh, I was kind of a mainstream person up until I was 38. When I migrated to Australia, Sydney, with my then husband and two children, eight and um, ten years old, and our marriage, but we have been both architects and town planners, and with postgraduate qualifications, and we have been told in Australia that we have been overqualified unemployable because we did not have local experience. And so that did not help us or our marriage. And my ex wanted to leave Australia because it is awful here. And I mm -hmm. said, no, I want to give it a go. It's tough, but that's life. Anyhow, our marriage broke down within six months. I did not have family in Australia. I'm from former Yugoslavia, so other part of the world, other side of the world. And I ended up in the refuge with my two children and not really wanting to live for myself because I wanted to maintain the family and start a new beautiful life in Australia and it came to nothing or worse than nothing. And... Um, all my kind of personal and professional success overseas was no use, so I did not know what my future might be professionally either, and I became a sole parent. And anyhow, so I wanted only to live, to bring up my children, did not want to leave them without a mother, but otherwise for myself, I did not want to live really. I was deeply depressed. Mm -hmm. So social workers just, uh, took the uh, children um, that were in the refuge uh, out and I was just laying down on bed that was not up to even getting up or doing anything mm -hmm. and I just looked out on a small tree in the garden 
it was middle of winter, and I knew the tree was deciduous and did not was not bothered by not having leaves or flowers or anything. But I I saw it as a symbol of myself. I've lost all my leaves, my flowers, my fruit, my everything. That's how I felt. And I thought to the tree, I'm just like you. And in that instant, my whole depression and not wanting to live lifted up and never came back. Now, I never heard of that. I never read about it. I was interested in psychology, otherwise privately. So I read quite a bit about it overseas. And um, I thought such deep depression and not wanting to live, it would take me at least a few years to kind of pull myself mm -hmm. up by my bootstraps. No. And so I thought, well, I, I was brought up as an atheist. And I did not believe in miracles. I obviously heard that people do believe in miracles. Mm -hmm. But I thought it is just their fantasizing or, you know, wishful thinking. But I did not even believe. So it was not even a wishful thinking that the tree would somehow heal me in an instant from such abyss psychologically. Anyhow, I just registered that and I became actually then supportive of other distressed women who have been in the refuge on weekends when social workers were not there. So I had energy not only for myself and my children, but for other distressed women as well, without being a healer or social worker. Anyhow, so that was the first thing in Australia that started kind of cracking up my mind about, well, Tiana. You have been brought up with certain belief system. You're an atheist and you believe in science only, but actually there is more to life than that. Mm. So then I, within next six months, had a couple of other interesting experiences, which all led me to to discover my healing potential and human healing potential, which I did not know about at all. First, because I was a town planner and regional planner overseas, I went to a Greenies meeting here in Australia to kind of find out where I can still somehow fit in. Mm -hmm. And I knew a few people already, I had met them, but I forgot my glasses. And I was short-sighted since I was 10 years old, and now I was 38. And so... Uh, without my glasses, I couldn't see far clearly. It was all blurry. But I thought that I had very good hearing. And yet at that meeting, there were about 40 people sitting in a big circle. And I heard everybody and I did not understand anybody. And I was like, what's happening? And the guy, my first friend in Australia, with whom I went there, he said, well, you must be lip reading. And I said, no, like, I was never lip reading. I just hear normally, even if you talk be behind my back, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't know what's happening here. Anyhow, I just then sat with my palms up, like people tend to sit in meditation. Like, I couldn't participate in the meeting, so I was there waiting for him to give me lift back home. As I put my my 
hands on my lap with my palms up, I could sense on my palms the vibration of people talking and I understood everything and everybody. I thought that was quite interesting. I never heard of hearing through your palms. I knew that blind people can sense vibrations mm -hmm. and somehow hear, but I did not realize that it was such a complete difference of absolutely not understanding a single word to absolutely understanding everything, even though they sat like mm. five meters away from me. I did not know what to make out of it, but I just registered it. And then a few months later, that was Christmas 1986, so 34 years ago, that same friend. Uh, told me, well, you know, I had midlife crisis and did not know really where to start mm -hmm. with personally, socially, employment. I did get sole parents' pension. That was helpful. But other than that, I was in the ditch still, even though not depressed. I knew I was somehow going to, to pull myself up, but did not know where to start and did not have money to pay any counselor or psychologist. Mm -hmm. So I had to do it myself. And that friend of mine says, he was a computer programmer, and he says to me, why don't you try crystal healing? And I'm thinking, how can somebody be highly educated <laughs> and believe in crystal healing, like moving the stone around your body in order to sort, my midlife, sort out my midlife crisis? That wouldn't work. I thought it was plain stupid. But because I stood for truth since I was a kid, I, I like to find out as much as possible about whatever I'm looking at, even if it is somebody's stupid idea, like crystal healing, as I believe it was stupid. So I went to a crystal healing workshop. Mm -hmm in order to find out how people get brainwashed into believing that such thing can do anything to you. Like, <laughs> my, my family, I have like 13 doctors in three generations, medical. Mm. And I believed in that, like, unless you're injected or you take something into your mouth, it does not work. Mm -hmm. Crystal, you don't swallow it. So it does not work. But we were not brainwashed. We were given a crystal each by the facilitator, and she said, just put it on one hand in the other and see how you feel. Pay attention to your body sensations and put it anywhere else around you on your body and, and just notice what happened. I held it in my right hand. It felt hot. It was really hot. Christmas time, like really hot. I put it on my, the same crystal. On my left hand, it felt cold. And I changed it a few times, each time the same. And I thought that's physically impossible. Like the temp air, air temperature or my body temperature did not have the time to change from hot to cold. So I was just faced with my total not understanding yet again of some physical phenomenon, which I could repeat as, as many times as I wanted. And then I put it on my forehead, that crystal, and I heard some beautiful symphonic music, which I never heard 
And I, I did not hear it through my ears. I heard it in my brain. Again, I did not understand that we can hear something without listening through the ears. And then other people shared also some experiences which no, none of us understood or expected. And there was no explanation by the facilitator. And I thought, well, that's interesting. She's letting us just make up our own mind about things that we absolutely don't have explanation about or for. Anyhow, then we had an exercise. We had to choose a partner and there was so just a person sitting next to us. And next to me was sitting a woman who had long size, looked pretty miserable. She was plump and had fluid retention all over. And I was not attracted to doing anything with her, uh, but she was sitting next to me, so we became partners because next exercise was between two people. And uh, we had for a couple of minutes one person to take the crystal that we had been given and the other person to position themselves however they wanted. So she laid face down mm -hmm. on the ground and the person with crystal, which was me in this case first, was to move the crystal around the body of the other person without touching the person. And to, we were each to pay attention to our body sensation and then compare notes after a few minutes and then swap roles. So I, I held the crystal, which was like a clear quartz needle at one point. I held it like you would hold the needle in my fingers and I ran it about 10 centimeters above her body, along the body from the head, along her spine or above her spine and to her feet. Mm -hmm. Above her, the back of her head, I felt as though the force, as though the air was thicker and there was some force in that thick air that wanted to prevent my hand movement towards her spine. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Tina, don't fantasize. There is no thin and thick air. You're, you're just imagining. But then I felt the same uh, between her shoulder blades. And I kept pushing through that, came smoothly to her feet, and over the feet, same thing. And I thought, okay, you're fantasizing, so do it again to convince yourself that it mm -hmm. is smooth. Air is the same thickness, and there is no invisible force stopping you, trying to stop you. And it felt the same over the same areas, the same three areas, but probably only 50% strength. So I thought, yeah, okay, that's just my memory of the first run. So I repeated it five times. I set my mind, it had to be smooth run from her head to her toes, and it was a smooth run fifth time and that was the end of the exercise and she gets up and she's glowing and smiling mm. and she said i i felt embarrassed i thought i cannot tell her what to, what i fantasized about and so i said you talk first and she said thank you so much and i'm like what for and she said she had very bad headache that morning and she did not know why in the back of her head and that was gone. 
Mm-hmm. For the last two years, she had very bad pain between her shoulder blades. She went to doctors, to physios. They did not know why she had that pain, and whatever they offered did not help her. So she still had that when we started the exercise. That was that pain disappeared after two years. And the day before, she wore new sandals, and they were a bit tight, and her feet were hurting. And that pain was gone. So the acute pain, headache, and from yesterday pain in the in the feet, and chronic pain behind her shoulder blades, all three were gone. Some of it she knew what it was for, from for sandals, headache. She did not have a clue why she had it. Doctors and physios also did not know why she had it on her back. And I went, okay, so I did not fantasize. I'm actually sensitive to something which is her energy around her body, which was correlated directly, like causally, mutually correlated. Her pains were created, were creating that what I felt as thick air and force trying to stop the movement of my hand holding the crystal. And then as I put my mind into I want the smooth run without that impediment, it actually smoothed her aura and lifted up her pains, acute and chronic. And I went, wow. I, and at that moment, I had paradigm shift. So the whole worldview shift. Mm. Instead of thinking there is only matter and Yes, there is energy, but it's not relevant to us and our living, let alone healing. I realized that medical model, which does not include that knowledge, which I just gained in a few minutes with this person, this lady, of course, and, and all of us, when we have problems and we don't know why we had the problem or how to approach it or where it comes from, it's because the whole energy reality is not taken into account and not worked with. And I realized that if her pains lifted up, I did not know whether they were going to come back or not or what else was going to happen in her life and her body. I never saw her again. But I realized that even just lifting up the pain, bad pain, whether acute or chronic, my sensitivity to energy, because I felt it in my whole hand, not only in the crystal, so I did not mm-hmm. uh, actually think it was crystal healing. I thought it was my mind wanting the smooth run over that line, central line of her body. Mm-hmm. That did the healing. That's how I processed it. So I just thought, that's fantastic. I'm going to study this. It should help me to sort myself out and my problems. I also had bad arthritis at the time, and so it would help me with that, etc. And I wanted to help other people who had pains and aches that otherwise were not helped. Then we swapped roles. And I, oh no, there was another thing. I felt at that moment when I realized that I was not fantasizing, that it was actually the connection between the energy and her body and her pains or physiology. Mm-hmm. I had a sense of an enormous, like like a huge living room, that scale and like four meters high, Mm -hmm. 
energy field around me, which was kind of smiling at me happily. Okay, girl, you've got it now. <laughs> About time. <laughs> and- I visualize right now when you said that, because I'm very visual, I intuitively feel mm-hmm. things and it comes to me as visuals, a white light that had come through when you were a conduit. And that was a healing white light that you were able to now go through your portal through into other people that you were touching and you would only just come to that realization it was that angelic realm going celebrating you going hey you finally tapped into us we've been here all I, along i got it straight away that it yeah. was a realm mm, yeah it was something that i did not believe in because i was brought yeah. as another atheist in country Yugoslavia, from Yugoslavia which was atheist and my family was atheist mm-hmm. And my education was atheist. And so it just shifted all of that mm. in an instant when I heard her feedback. And I felt unconditional support and love from that, mm-hmm. which I never experienced. I was always loved by my parents, by friends, family, whoever. But this was completely different scale. I never experienced anything like that before or after. It's very overwhelming when you first feel it because it goes beyond a human love. It, it's it just overwhelming to me. It, it felt yep. to me that it was making me more than I could think a human yeah. can become. But mm-hmm. I was just joyful for that. Exactly. Yeah. I felt yeah. the best. I, it, is, it is difficult to put in words, but I looked for putting it in words for people to understand. Um, and the best I can put it in words is that I felt like a composer, like a pianist, like the music itself, like the piano and like the whatever gave existence to all of that. The overflow. One. Yeah, it's the overflow of all the love, abundance, gratitude that possibly could exist in any form. Yeah, but it was bigger than that. It was like... Yeah. How do you become a piano? You know? Mm, yeah. I know. Other than human, other than spiritual, it was like everything. Or else I was the orchestra, the whole orchestra playing every instrument and the conductor and the audience. Like music was the, the symbol for it, the best I can explain. You had become the awareness of it all for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it transcended completely anything mm. that I could think of, that I believed, yeah. that I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So next thing, we had to swap roles. So I sat up on the chair, closed my eyes, so that because that was the instruction not to follow what the other person is doing. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. started doing something. And I got in an instant, as elated as I was and happy and joyful, I got an instant headache around my forehead, above my Mm -hmm. ears, and all around my head, like it was going to split my head. And I don't suffer from headaches, and especially not at that moment when I was Mm -hmm. talking. So I I broke the rule of the the exercise, and I opened my eyes. I said, I've got this headache. What are you doing? She was using the same crystal that I used over her body, and she was pointing it to my head and walking around me at that level. So I figured out that the crystal would have picked up some of her pain energy. Mm. And now it was projected to my head 
at that level. So she apologized. She said, sorry, I don't know what to do now. Take it out. <laughs> I said, look, intuitively, I would never point a crystal or anything, even a finger at, at anybody. I was holding the crystal parallel to your body and it lifted your pain. So just go around my myself and my head and hold the crystal, not towards my head. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And the pain was gone. Which was quite mm. because the crystal was the same, whatever it had in itself, it did not change, right? Mm-hmm. So it gave me another insight that within the same energy field, human energy field or aura, the same crystal, depending on how we use it, can either heal you heat or lift up your acute and chronic pains or inflict instant pain. Mm. So obviously could uh, affect the physiology and then the mood, etc. So I got a lesson about energy healing and harming in a few minutes. It was amazing, experiential. Mm. And there was no explanation that the facilitator ever gave. It was the end of the of the workshop, and I just went to the bush to to think about it. And I decided to explore it and to make it the center of my life. Mm. I thought that it was. I was shown such a potential for both healing and harming. Not that I wanted to harm anybody. That I thought. I absolutely need to explore it. So then uh, I was just doing it. I could sense by my hand because I connected that experience with my experience of hearing through my palms mm-hmm. in the meeting. Yeah. So I did not even want to use the crystals. I, I liked them, how they look like, but I preferred to ju- just use my hands. And so... I could sense by my hands people's energy. I would just put my hands around them at some distance, like 10 to 20, 30 centimeters. And I would feel parts of the body which felt like they had stressed energy, like junk Mm -hmm. energy. And then I would put my mind into, okay, let it just be become smooth and nice and and calm Mm -hmm. and their pains and aches would lift up. And... I was just amazed because I did not even know that like they did not even need to tell me where they had pains and aches or problems. Mm-hmm. I could sense it in their energy field. And some of them did not uh, told me they did not even believe in it, but they had such bad pain that they would just accept anything if it can help. So it was completely beyond other people's beliefs as well. I figured out it was working at subconscious level, like consciously mm-hmm. they were aware of the pain, but did not know why or how to deal with it. And uh, mm-hmm. energy, I must have access by my conscious thinking, let it be healed, mm-hmm. and sensing through my hands, palms, their energy, uh, I must have consciously affected their subconscious, which then lifted up their, their pain. And the amazing thing is that an acquaintance of mine knew somebody who had gangrene, Mm -hmm. leg, and within 
uh, 10 days, he was scheduled to have his lower leg amputated under the knee because the gangrene was in the foot. Mm -hmm. And he was in horrible pain, even though he was uh, receiving morphine. And so I was asked whether I would go and help him with his pain. I said, yes, I can do what I can do. I don't know what about, whether it will help mm -hmm. with gangrene. It is uh, systemic blood poisoning through the body. Mm -hmm. So I went to his home and, and did energy balancing, I called it, from stressed energy that I felt in his leg. Um, and I would balance it. It would become smooth and even within an hour, and he would feel uh, relieved from pain temporarily, but then he mm -hmm. had pain again the next day. But after uh, a week or, or so, he, he, 10 days, I don't remember, he actually went to doctors and they said the gangrene was gone and, and he, he still had his leg 20 years later. Wow. I've heard of that. I, President Tito of Yugoslavia has died from gangrene. He would mm -hmm. have absolute top medical uh, attention. His leg was amputated and he still died from it. And mm -hmm. so I actually checked it later on uh, in books and online. It's something that is not recorded, that gangrene can heal. But it did heal and the guy stayed with his leg. So I was quite impressed. Anyhow, what that reminded me, that the, my becoming aware of the energy field and potential for that to be used for healing. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of my experience when I was three years old. Mm -hmm. I have accidentally spilled a bit of milk on the kitchen floor and even I could wipe it. But my mom then walked into the kitchen and uncharacteristically she was very loving and affectionate otherwise never slept me before she slept me really hard because i spilled the milk mm -hmm. and i knew that i was not guilty because i did not do it on purpose and i did not um want to make problem to her and but i felt actually by her slap that i knew in that instant that she was very angry about something that she couldn't talk about. I did not want to talk about to anybody and she was very sad, equally sad and angry. And I was sure that it was the case and she looked like that as well. Mm -hmm. I did not talk to her, did not ask her anything, just thought I'm going to be a good girl and help my mom to become happier so then she wouldn't be slapping me. At that moment, I felt that I was, I felt sure beyond any doubt that I was going to learn how to heal all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I did not think how or why or when, I just knew it. And then I forgot it. But I remembered when I had the experience with the woman and crystal healing. And there was a Serbian folk tale Mm -hmm. which I also remembered in the same context. Um, my father read that to my sister and myself as a bedtime story. And that folk tale is called um, Unspoken Language. Mm -hmm. And the story was about a young man who was very poor and um, 
his brothers made trouble to him, bullied him. So he went into the world to look for happiness and hopefully the princess. <laughs> Anyhow, so she comes to the king's town. No, no, no. She was going through the forest and comes to the creek and finds a little fish which somehow got stranded on the on the shore. And he throws it back. He takes it to throw it back into the water and the fish tells him Take a scale, my scale and keep it. And when you're in trouble, just rub it and it will help you. And he <laughs> did that through the fish and went with the scale in his pocket. And then next thing he comes in the forest uh, to the trap in which a uh, hunter's trap in which there was a fox caught. And he opens the trap to let the fox go. And the fox says, Take a hair from my tail and keep it and rub it. When you're in trouble, it will help you. And he does that. And then he finds a little bird uh, uh, fallen from the, from the tree from the nest. And he takes it up to the nest. And the mother uh, bird says, take a feather from my tail and keep it and rub it. When you're in trouble, it will help you. Mm -hmm. So he comes then next to the king's town. And the king is very angry because he has been informed that there is a plot to overthrow him and he is looking for the who, who set up the plot. And, mm -hmm. and the prime minister points the finger at this young guy and he says, I know he is the one. He is a newcomer. So he's thrown into prison. And he remembers then what he has in his pocket. And he rubs the, the things that animals gave him. And he starts understanding like a completely uh, formulated language of the trees that are rustling in the wind. Oh, wow. Yeah. The birds chirping around mm -hmm. and the crickets and the frogs. Mm -hmm. They are all saying it is actually the prime minister who wanted to overthrow the king. And then they give him, they also say, but the young guy who is in the prison, he does not know that and he does not know how to help himself, but we know he can do such and such and such. And then he follows that and he manages to get out of prison. Mm -hmm. And Eventually, the prime minister gets into prison or gets killed, and the young man gets the princess. So he has learned the language of nature to mm. understand it like we understand each other in human language. Mm. Now, my parents were very rational people and told me and my sister in no uncertain terms that it is just a fantasy that's not real. Santa Claus did not exist, you know, it's just a guy with mm -hmm. cotton wool. <laughs> so I, I did not have any uh, belief in fairies, in Santa Claus. That's how I was brought up from early on. But for this one, this story, I knew it was true. And I never asked mm. about it. I never discussed it. I never said it to anybody. I just knew it was true and that was it. And then I knew when I became aware that I'm sensitive to energy and that it can be 
used for healing, even without knowing the diagnosis or etiology, how you got the pain or whatever. I knew that I have actually been given the gift of sensing energy as information. And I did not get the detailed information at, uh, initially, like this young guy in the story of unspoken language about how to understand everything and how to do things. But more I was doing energy healing for people's pains, more I was actually getting sensations in my hands, which corresponded to like anger felt different, felt mm -hmm. intensely aggressive compared to sadness, which was more kind of soft and I don't know, gooey or something. And so I started feeling different emotions and then I would ask the person how do they feel and they would say angry or jealous or you know mm -hmm. so confirmed what I felt and what I knew through touch yep. of their energy so uh, it took a while for me to move on from that but because I kept doing it I wanted to help people and myself so I kept doing it and I was becoming able to not only get the emotions, but then the state of mind, like the type of thoughts, what is the person feeling uh, hopeless or hopeful mm -hmm. or something. And it always was confirmed by people who, with whom I have been uh, doing this healing. So I got confirmation 100% that I was not fantasizing. And if ever I would start guessing kind of okay i i guess mm. this person might think or feel this or that it was never correct it was only what i was actually given through my skin on my hands it's interesting you say that when we did the akashic records training mm -hmm. um i remember there was a it's a very intimate group and we have a lady that reads and she's written books and she does these courses with only four of us in the room and one lady was like I really want to continue this with the group outside of our weekend to make sure I'm not guessing I'm not making this up so I do it with my clients without them knowing I'm doing it and that will then help me pinpoint something for them to consider about reframing and with this other particular woman we will meet up every now and again just so she can keep above that sense that it's coming from a guess it's coming from a very deep connection to a higher wisdom and you're getting that through that healing light and she was getting that through the souls that she was connecting through the akashic records so it's interesting the guessing yeah and we are all uh, individual like you talk mm. about light and i can visualize the lights for people and for myself mm. white light it never worked for me, and I never visualized it. Uh, or if I tried, it did not do anything. Mm -hmm. I ne I need to understand, mm -hmm. and uh, because I mentioned that I was interested in psychology, so I oh there is another thing that motivated me to look for the mm -hmm. root of why people get like can understand that something is good for them, like an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. or an overweight person, they might understand that they would better stop uh, drinking or overeating, but they don't. Mm. 
And so it is quite common to all of us that we know mentally something that might help us, but we just have something that does not allow us to live up to that. It's like a block to that. Exactly. So I I had experience uh, when I was a teenager, I observed that in my mother because I I was younger daughter, so the youngest in the family of four. And she would ask me, because she was saying, you must have been born knowing it all. And because (laughs) I just knew some things without having learned them. I'll just give Mm. you an example. I was three years old in 1950 when the first bananas after the Second World War were imported to Yugoslavia. Ah. I I never heard of banana, never saw it, never tasted it. (laughs) And my mom, who knew it from before the war, brings a banana, which was very expensive. And she said, look, I I bought this and I'm sure you would love it. It's delicious. And I go, I don't like it. She said, you cannot not like it. You never even heard about it, let alone saw it or tasted it. But I had the taste in my mouth, which was too soft, very nauseous and too sweet. I liked <laughs> crunchy Granny Smith type of thing, slightly mm-hmm. acidic and not very nauseous and not sweet. And she forced me to bite, and it was exactly what I had in my mouth anyhow. So I spat it out and threw the banana, and she had to fetch it behind the furniture. (laughs) So I had instant confirmations of what I knew, obviously, Mm. without having had the experience. And on that basis, and a few other things that I might have mentioned to my mother, she, she was saying, you must have been born knowing it all. And I thought, yeah, you are too, and everybody else is too, except you have forgotten, and I didn't. And why I didn't is because when I was about one year old, and that's my first conscious memory in this lifetime, Mm. up till that day, I was seated at the table in a high school, and my mom just cooked semolina, which I loved, and she was Mm -hmm. going to feed me by the teaspoon which she always did by then. At that moment, I knew by my whole body, in my whole body, it was physical sensation, it was emotional, it was mental knowing without language because I did not speak languages yet. Um, I just knew that I could feed myself. And I grabbed the spoon from (laughs) her, her hand, and I voiced my... I I uttered my first word, which is in translation by myself. It is short Mm. in in Serbian, Mm -hmm. meaning I'm going to feed myself. Mm -hmm. And I did. And my mom was taken aback. And I knew at that moment that I knew myself as a whole person by my whole being. I knew that I was up to feeding myself. And I knew that my mother did not catch up with that that she loved me and wanted to feed me, but she did not recognize what I had in myself. I knew Mm. she did not know me. So to me, that knowing, I I always thought of it as the essence of my being, that I know by my whole being, Mm. which I did not need words for or concepts or anything, you know, mind, body, spirit, it did not exist. But I remembered it, as, and I always identified with that, 
And when I knew something, okay, I knew the taste of banana by my mouth or energy by my palms, it was still my body, my sensations were telling me the truth, which otherwise, mm. mentally, I wouldn't have known because I did not have a chance to learn it or to experience it. So all those things and quite a few others from, from my childhood were pointing to me that all my life I was kind of getting to the point when in 1986 I was going to, to open up to all of that and decide that's mm, my yeah. life, that's my path. And then because my mom valued actually my intuitive knowledge, or to me it was whole, whole being knowledge, uh, she started, when I was a teenager, she started asking me what how to to resolve some issues with my sister who was aggressive and violent. And I would go and think about it and tell, go come back and tell my mom, this is what you, you can do. It was quite simple kind of, you know, behavioral or tell mm -hmm. me or don't accept or be assertive or something. And she would say invariably, yes, you're right, but I cannot. Mm. And I was like, how an intelligent, educated, loving woman can understand that something is right and then she cannot. Like, what mm. is So that gave me the motivation to look for roots at the conscious level. And I coupled that with looking at myself after my midlife crisis, like, okay, I have done apparently everything successfully by the book, got married, had beautiful children, had good profession, good income, and then bang, I, I only had myself and my children and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I thought I must have got, oh, then I got the sense I had a Trojan horse in myself all my life. That was yes. against my whole being, my knowing by, by my whole being. I must have made some compromises or had some sabotage, sabotaging mm -hmm. forces in myself. I needed to find out what it is. And to reclaim my whole being, knowing exactly step by step in life what is appropriate for me, which was not by the book, but was just my path. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier uh, Akashic Record. In you, by working with energy and reading it more and more, I was getting, because I had this intention to understand how problems come into being and why some mm -hmm. person has some problem, which like they're a good person, they're loving, yeah. spiritual. But I became spiritual in the process with the miracles, healing miracles that I mentioned, I experienced and read the Course in Miracles, which explained some of it to me. Uh, so I wanted to know how to help people by understanding where is the real root of the problem, mm -hmm. which is not the diagnosis. Like, no. So uh, just to give you an example, I said I, I mentioned people started asking me to help them with various things. So my second self-appointed patient before I even wanted any. And I would say, look, I'm not qualified. I don't know how to help you. And you can give me donation if you get better. But otherwise, that's it. Mm -hmm. So they all said, yes, OK. And they all got better. And my second ever patient, he had diabetes, late onset diabetes. And he told me he got it after he went for 
obesity to the hypnotherapist and he couldn't open his eyes or speak when he was hypnotized, but he heard the hypnotherapist say, if you don't stop overeating, you're either going to get diabetes or cancer. And he chose diabetes as better Ooh. alternative to cancer. Yeah. Then got diabetes. And mm. I said, no, I wouldn't go to that hypnotherapist. But mm. anyhow, so he would ju- he just wanted me to do the energy healing. He had also arthritic hip. And so he just wanted energy healing, however I could help him. And he would just lay down and sleep, fall asleep. And I would sit a few meters away from him, put my hands up towards him, sense his aura. So I did not even need to hold them very close to the body. It could be a few meters away. And then I was thinking to his mind, because I realized my my thinking was actually the crucial component in the healing process. I was thinking to his brain, please revert back to how he was before he became uh, obese and before he went to hypnotherapist and opted for diabetes. And to his liver, please, liver just and pancreas, which I knew were somehow involved. I did not know much mm-hmm. more. Uh, please just reorganize yourselves physiologically and and physically so that you produce exactly what needs to be produced. Insulin and and process whatever is in his body so that he... Mm -hmm. And I thought because for late onset diabetes, uh, the the therapy is uh, to healthy diet. But he did not want to diet because he enjoyed and he loved eating. So he would go to the restaurant and order double three course meal. <laughs> so he asked me to work on that. And he had sugar cravings. He would put in a mug of coffee, he would put five heaped teaspoons of sugar. Wow. Okay. And that does not help diabetes. No. So I thought to his brain, wherever, I did not know where the craving for sugar is maybe uh, centered or regulated or uh, needing to eat so much food. And um, I just thought, well, just scale it down to normal so that he can start eating normally, not craving sugar and heal from diabetes. And he actually then once comes and I say, how are you today? He says, angry. Why are you angry? He says, because I went to Chinese restaurant, I ordered my double three-course meal, and I couldn't finish even one. And I go, why? He says, because I was full and I did not not feel like eating. I said, well, hello, knock, knock. You asked me to to work Mm. on you not being obese. Oh, is that why? I said, yeah, that's probably why. So just mm-hmm. you wasted money for this extra meal today, but, you know, be happy because you're not a busy anymore. Okay, thank you. So she started losing weight. But then another time she comes and he says, I say, How, what, what happened since I have seen you last week? He says, it's funny. I was drinking a mug of coffee with a mate and... He says, what's wrong with you? And I go, why? Nothing. He says, you did not put sugar into your coffee. 
And she says, oh, I forgot. So he put back his five teaspoons. I said, didn't you realize that actually you might not have sugar cravings anymore? And yeah. so you just forgot because you asked me to work on you shifting to healthy diet so that you would heal from diabetes. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, within, I don't know, a few months, he uh, lost weight. He became perfectly normal weight for his height. And his blood sugar, which was beyond the scale that his machine could measure, I think 24 is maximum. He would lower that. It went down to seven and a half, which is higher limit of normal. So he actually healed from diabetes. And it was only because I thought to his organs, well, please just heal yourself to, to make him normal. So I liked then to understand more about anatomy and physiology. Yeah. And I went to check out in the College of Natural Therapies whether I could take a course for that. They said they had the course, but it was part of the package of natural therapies, including naturopathy, homeopathy, remedial massage, and Western herbalism. And mm-hmm. I could take that and get two years of anatomy and physiology. So I did that in, in mid-1990s. And that's how I became then qualified natural therapist. And I learned, and, I, and I'm happy. I did not know about naturopathy and homeopathy before. I knew about herbs because there is folk herbal medicine back in Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing intuitive massage and people, like for my children and friends, and they were all happy with that. So I learned a bit more about anatomy and physiology to help me with that. And since then... So I finished my studies in 1997, and since then I have been self-employed with qualifications. Up till then I was just working as an intuitive energy healer, using my mind the best I knew how to help people. I feel with the studies, it just opened up another avenue for people to come and see you, that obviously for them it meant even though they weren't ready for what you were doing, their soul had called you to cross their pathway through being a naturopath or a massage therapist or a homeopathy therapist. It was for them, they were called into that space to heal, even though they didn't know what they needed at the time. Because when we're lost, you tend to find people on your path. You haven't placed them there. You just, they're there. Yeah. 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 So... And some people were like that, that they didn't really know either what exactly I was doing or what they needed. Yeah. Uh, And so, but there was an an additional component to that, which was very interesting. And I'm Mm -hmm. very happy with that in my life and grateful. Um, Some of them got, like one person, she was seeing me, and I'm getting better and so did not think of making an appointment on Saturday when I was working in Neutral Bay and and she could see me there because she lived there. And yet she came to see me. And what she told me is that just before she woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning, she had a dream 
and she was told in her dream to ring the shop in which I was working. It was kind of new age shop with rooms for therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was told in her dream to call the shop as soon as it opens at 10 o'clock and to ask for an appointment with me. So she did not figure out mentally that she needed to see me that day, and she did not know why. Right. And so when I came just before 10, when I was to start, they said, you're booked up for the day, back to back, 10 to 6 o'clock in the afternoon. That's it. I said, okay. So I went to see my first patient. And then next thing, I come out to see who is the next patient. And they say, your next patient rang to cancel. And this lady who later told me she had a dream, she rang just five minutes later and she got that appointment. So that is interesting because it is more than just conscious thinking. Of course. Which confirms what you're saying that we are somehow drawn to. And that leads me to another theme uh, related to healing that I'm doing and my my living and all experiences, which is telepathy. Uh, Because I had telepathic connection Mm -hmm. with my daughter since about 10 years earlier, I was sure of that. Mm-hmm. And like we had parallel dreams at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the inconvenience was while we lived together that we would need the toilet exactly the same second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our our period synchronized, that's well known for women who are close and live together, they synchronize the period. Anyhow, so I found out about telepathy even with people whom I did not know, not only somebody close to me, like my daughter. I found out about it in 1993, Mm -hmm. before I studied natural therapist. At that point, I started uh, running natural healing circle to to teach people energy healing that I was doing intuitively. Mm -hmm. And the morning when that was to start, it was going to be seven at night. I awoke at seven in the morning and I thought, okay, I would like everybody who needs to come to that healing circle to come to it mm-hmm. as appropriate for them. And two weeks later, so uh, third time, because it was mm-hmm. a bit weekly on Thursday nights, I'm coming to to run that healing circle in Theosophical Society, coming out of the elevator and from my left on in, in the corridor is coming a person. And before I got into the hall in which the circle was to be held, he comes to me and instead of saying hello and introducing himself, he says to me, hello, what are you doing here? And I'm thinking this is a bizarre question by a person whom I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm coming to run the healing circle, which is about to start in five minutes. And he says, can I come in? I say, yeah, it, it's open. You're welcome. 
And he says, but I don't want to sit in the circle. I want to observe what you're doing. I said, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So she said, he said, and he said at the end, can I come next time? I said, of course, you're welcome. So he came and sat in the circle next time. After that, he says, can I talk to you? I said, of course. He says, you know why I asked you what are you doing here when I saw you first time? I saw your profile as you have been coming out of the elevator and I'm coming from the left down the corridor. Mm -hmm. Because I, I was shown your profile two, week, two weeks earlier at seven o'clock in the morning, which is when I thought, let everybody who needs to come to that healing circle come. At the time, we did not know each other, did not meet. But he said he was a spiritual person from Cook's Island and he was treated by traditional, uh, taught by traditional healers. And uh, so he, he knew that when he's shown something, somebody's uh, picture, in this case, my profile, in his vision, that he would have something to do with that person, which is why he asked me, what are you doing here? Mm. And he became like a father figure in that healing circle because he knew everything that I, I learned experientially. He was introduced into those phenomena by spiritual teachers and traditional mm -hmm. healers. And it was the same thing. And I said, why are you coming then? Like, you know everything I'm talking about. He says, because I was sworn to secrecy. Because traditional healers passed it either to, either to their children mm, or their students. Because it can be misused. Mm -hmm. As I learned in the crystal healing workshop with wrong position of the crystal. Mm -hmm. And so it had to be chosen people who are ethical and they were mm -hmm. not project whatever sickness or negativity to somebody else. And yet I was talking totally openly about my experiences because I just wanted people to know and to help themselves and each other. Mm -hmm. So he became like a father figure. I was like a mother figure and, and it was it went on for four years. It was quite helpful to many. Uh, so that was about telepathy with with a person whom I did not meet, but who got the message because it works. There was another set of telepathic experiences and it was regular. At the time, I had a landline, there were no mobiles. Mm -hmm. And that person who was diabetic and then a few others who became my patient, self-appointed patient, Mm -hmm. uh, we all used uh, either phone or we couldn't reach each other and some, some of them did not even have the phone. So we had from appointment to appointment to agree face to face, I'll see you next mm -hmm. week. But sometimes because we all used public transport, nobody had a car, I mean none of them, uh, sometimes the train would be canceled or the bus would be late and I would be running 10 minutes late to come home for a session with the person. And I would think to the person, please come 10 minutes late. I'm running 10 minutes late. <laughs> and they would come 10 minutes late. 
by another train or bus or whatever. And it always happened. None of them ever waited for me if I was running a bit late. I have the same thing with my clients. And once or twice a year, I have days where I need a day off. Like I just need a day away from face-to-face, whether it's online or with people, away from the computer. And, And it happened two Wednesdays ago, actually. I felt very off on the Tuesday. And I had a very big week that week picking up my car from the repairs and giving, giving, giving. And I remember picking up the car and this lovely mechanic was like, are you all right? And I went, no, I think I'm out of alignment. And he goes, I'm going to give you the very easy way, less noisy way home, less hectic. And so I just basically rang the studio, left a message and emailed them as well and said, for the first time all year, I won't be teaching Wednesday night. I need some time for me. And they know I don't do that very often. It's once a year. But I had all privates booked on the Wednesday. Woke up Wednesday morning, 24-hour cancellation policy they have. Every single private had cancelled. I had the whole day to heal in silence. And that happens every time I do that. It's just so bizarre. And it's like once, like I said, once or twice a year, it was like I call it God, the universe source, saying I'm supporting you now. I want you to fill back up again, please. And it was such a beautiful day to just do things at home, go at a slow pace, light some candles, meditate, eat slowly. (laughs) It was so good. But I totally... it came to my realisation, I thought, I'm 45 years old, this keeps happening, and I realised it's my energy. It is my energy that makes those cancellations come through every single time this happens. And now talking to you a week and a half later, I'm like, this isn't a coincidence. You sharing your story, I've gone, no, this is double confirmation now. So I think, do I need the triple confirmation? No, I don't. And it is, it's all energy. And it was, you know, I spoke to the clients this week and they all were like, oh, you, you didn't feel well that day. I said, no, I just needed me day. I needed to be with my soul. Um, I just was so run down, like really run down. And um, it was the best thing. But it's interesting how it all lines up, isn't it, really? Yeah. And I had a similar experience um, in uh, early 1990s. I was having like three regular clients and they were giving mm-hmm. me donation each one twenty dollars so sixty dollars per week which was huge amount of money for me <laughs> I was living with two children on seven and a half thousand per year of pension mm-hmm. so it was important to me and yet I decided to go to Blue Mountains to for a week to singing workshop and mm-hmm. so I was not going to be there to work with them. So I thought to universal intelligence or God, I said, okay, I need double the income the week before so that I'm even. One of those three said, you're not going to be here next week, so I want two sessions this this week. Mm -hmm. And I got two new clients. So I had six sessions that week and I could go. I had my income evened out. Exactly. 
not I can relate not. yeah I can relate to that that happened um as you know I rebranded my website and there was a couple of weekends I had to take um there was a Saturday and a Sunday either one I took that off from teaching and I do supplements nutritional supplements here and there and old clients had phoned me were in COVID the restrictions had lifted and they said Sophia I need my greens and and whatnot and exactly to the scent the markup that I give them to sell them those products was exactly what I get paid for the classes that I wasn't going to do. <laughs> and I'm in this chair where I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm laughing going, well, I've just got paid to stay home and write copy. Thank you, universe. This is so good. <laughs> and I thought not a cent over, not a cent under, but just on the dot. And that happens to me a lot as well. And now talking to you, it all just makes so much sense. That's what it is. I'm doing it. I am actually doing that. Mm. We are actually energy beings. We, mm. we are brought up to think we we are physical beings. Of course we are. Mm-hmm. We have a psyche, so mental and emotional mm. aspects, and some people are spiritual. But actually, when you think of it, uh, visual uh, information that we pick up, which they say is probably 75% of all information yes. that we pick up, mm-hmm. that maybe 20% is auditory, it is all energy. Like, you know, I look mm-hmm. at a beautiful landscape, it does not jump into me physically, it is light is energy, which mm-hmm. is reflected yeah. from it, and sound is energy. And so I just happen to. And, and also we um, all sometimes say, oh, I just have a feeling that I need to do something or need not to do it. And sometimes people's lives are saved from that, not going somewhere, let's say, the, the accident happens and they are not there because they had strong... That's pressure. another episode as well and that we can talk about that. When I went to to work in Neutral Bay, I was told, you know, don't talk energy to people. They are quite well-to-do here and they are straight mm-hmm. forward into science. Or, or mm-hmm. I said, that's okay. I learned how to talk about things without um, confronting anybody. So I, I ask people, like, do you want me to tell you something about energy or what do you think about energy? Mm-hmm. So one example. A retired lawyer came, judge actually, came to see me for massage. What is bothering him is at the bottom of his uh, neck and top of the shoulder. He had really bad pain when he woke up that day. And I said, did you do anything with your head or neck or slept on Mm -hmm. on other bed or with other pillow? No, he must have slept in a funny position. Mm-hmm. He slept on his bed and pillow. I go, okay, you want massage? I will do massage. So I'm doing massage for 15 minutes and absolutely nothing shifts. Normally, like within mm-hmm. five minutes maximum, it would shift. But I feel the energy anyhow through my hands. Mm-hmm. And I say to him, it's not shifting. He says, no, it's not. I say, do you want me to tell you what I pick up energetically? He says, what What do you mean? I say, well, 
I'm sensitive to energy and you know how you think something and you might influence the person if you're cheerful, it lifts them up. If you're depressed, mm-hmm. it might drain them. So that's the energy interaction between people, which is ongoing. Mm-hmm. All, all people experience that type of thing. So I'm just sensitive to it and I get the from experience, from working with it, I get the information about this particular energy in your neck, which is bothering you and absolutely unresponsive to massage. He says, okay. And I say, do you have any attitude to past lives? Because I picked up it was his past life energy. Mm. He says, well, I don't have an opinion either way, but I'm open-minded. And mm-hmm. I go, okay, so is it all right that I tell you what I pick up and we see what it happens, what it does to your body, to your pain? He said, yes. So I say, you have been uh, sometime in Elizabethan England, stabbed from the back. The dagger mm-hmm. went there. And I, oh, before I went into all of that, I said, it feels energetically like a dagger. He said, yes, exactly. So then when I came to past life story, I said, you have been uh, stabbed by a dagger from the back. Mm-hmm. And it pierced, it was long, it pierced your lung and you, you had internal bleeding and your mm-hmm. lung collapsed and you died. And his pain lifted from that from just me saying it, not even asking that it be healed. But in principle, I think whatever information comes to me, it is coming to me for healing. And mm-hmm. so let it be healed. That's in the back. That's my mindset. And then I, she tells me, just a moment, I, I want yeah. to get to, to something which is interesting, how she responded to that. Mm-hmm. She said, is that why... When I go with my wife to theater or, or movies, I always have to sit in the last row with the wall behind my back. Somebody mm. would stab me from my back. Yes. Yes. He said, it's bizarre. I was like that all my life, and I did not know why, and now I know why. I feel the biggest part of our human conditioning that links us into our soul is acknowledgement. Yeah. The pain just needed to be acknowledged. It was ready to go. It wanted to go. It just needed someone like you to tap in and give it permission to leave and to bring him grounded into this life, not the past life. And for him to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together and go, oh, that's why I'm always looking over my shoulder. That's why I have to sit up against a wall. I've heard that many stories like that. So I feel when it's ready to come up and to be healed, it so just wants acknowledgement and then it wants to be given permission to, to move on. What we'll do, we'll wrap up today's episode. Then we'll have you back on. Um, we're doing every fortnight at the moment because I have my other schedule of work and Tiana's got her work and also um, her book that, I'm hoping that we'll sort of get out there into the world the next decade is my aim. So we're busy. So we're aiming for every fourth episode to feature Tiana. So 
what we'll do now is we'll go into the four sparkles of wisdom. So it's the only time you'll hear Tiana answer these questions and every other episode that she's on, she'll literally be leading the way and she'll we'll set the theme and she'll talk about clients in that setting, that demonstrate that theme. And then we might even get a few emails in from listeners if they want something answered along the way as well as we develop our following. So we'll start with the first question. What are you grateful for at the moment, Tiana? I'm grateful for having finally uh, included in my days laying down on my bed on my back so that the edge of the bed comes to the middle of my shoulder blades Mm -hmm. and I let my head and neck and upper shoulders hang down And it clears my mind almost instantly or in just a minute because my head becomes then lower than my body and my heart Mm -hmm. and get Mm -hmm. additional blood flow. And if I wake up in the morning and I'm not exactly up to anything straight away Mm -hmm. or I have a, a kind of dilemma at any time or I'm tired, it lifts up tiredness, it resolves the dilemma, it makes me, it's an instant self-therapy that I highly recommend to anybody who has issues with. I am giving that a go because I sometimes wake up with the foggiest brain. It and, helps that. Oh, gosh, and it's like, here we go. This is doesn't matter what I eat, what meditation I do, what yoga I do on my mat it won't lift till about three or four in the afternoon. And I just go, okay, it's one of those days. And I just go with it. So I'm going to lay on the edge of my bed. Seriously, if that helps, I will message you. What is the most life-changing book you have ever read? A Course in Miracles. Okay. When did you read your Course in Miracles? uh, I read it in late 1980s and for two years after those miracle healing that I relate mm-hmm. at the beginning of our talk. Um, I was becoming spiritual and, and I, I knew there is something more than I'm not aware of, but that book was putting me off for two years. A friend was insisting I needed to read it and I was like, yeah, yeah, but no. Because I was so conditioned to be allergic, even to see written God or mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. And that book is chocolate full of God and Holy Exactly. That book at a metaphysical shop fell on my feet in three visits. It would fall off the shelf. <laughs> and it was and it got to the third one and I'm like, what is it with this bookshelf? It's got a loose screw or something. And I'd go there after teaching classes, Adja bookshop. Remember that in the city. Remember Adja? Everybody loved Adja. And then the third time it fell at my feet was when I had torn my ITB and I couldn't walk anymore with my left leg. I had to drag it around for 18 months until all the ligaments connected and could actually move again and go into, you know, being able to take load and whatnot. So it was a very painful recovery process. And that was the year I did the Course in Miracles day by day, the workbook and the actual text. So, yeah, that changed my life completely. I uh, wanted to find the proof that it is true what is in the book. Mm. 
through my own experience. And I suggest that we might have one uh, podcast about the Definitely. and my experience. I'd love to. To that because it was just amazing. I got exactly what I asked for. Mm-hmm. It was silly. It was really tough on me, but I got my proof. And it explained. It did not change my life completely because I already had experienced stuff that some of it I mentioned mm-hmm. in our talk. But uh, it explained to me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I read it and reread it and reread it. And each time I found out something that I have even underlined and did not quite get all the implications. So it is multi level. It is because powerful. I had to buy another book because I reread it and I kept underlining to the point that I'd lost the scope of what I was underlining because I was underlining over the original underline. So I went, okay, I'm going to go buy the hard copy version and I just underline the bits, reading it through the third time where it feels this is where I'm at. It's like reading any text like the Bible, the Course in Miracles, the Bhagavad Gita, the Tamapada. You go back and there's something new in there. There's a new resonance in there. So um, I totally relate to that where you just have to go back deeply into the text and at what point of life you're in, that's where the book will meet you. That's where the wisdom meets you. And I highly recommend it to everyone, but it's like they say, you've got to be called to it. It's not something where you, (laughs) people say to me, where do I get that from? And I'm like, "I, I want you to experience it, but it has to be a calling. It's not you forcing the book to be in your hands or it has to be something that leads you to the book and then you know you're ready and some people are absolutely allergic to it even though they want to learn uh, about healing and i tell them uh, it, it we can help me and they start reading and then they find it sexist because it is always about the son of god there is no daughter of god and whatever. So it is very individual and it, and it seems to be repetitive, but then it has jewels. Absolutely. Mm, yes. Which tie in with my experiences. Like one mm. of them is cause and effect are one and the same. Yes. And yes. That's, that is something that is totally uh, out of alignment with our usual thinking we think mm-hmm. one thing and effect is another exactly so the whole philosophical paradigm uh, that you need to process in order to make use of it mm-hmm. so exactly it, that's why we'll talk more about it. definitely what is your essential self-care ritual something that you do most days for you Right now, I'm doing whole body self-massage because I have been, uh, I received plenty of massage in my life and I'm still having from a colleague uh, Mm -hmm. every couple of weeks. But um, as I mentioned before, I I approach healing in particular by my mind to understand things It was healing my body and and whatever I had issues with my body and skin. It was all getting better. But now that I have healed myself 
emotionally from whatever wounding, and there was plenty of it mm. in past lives. Um, I, my body and my posture are my top priority, which they mm. never were before. I thought, well, I'm bent because I was an intellectual, always reading and writing and bending forwards and and not doing too much sport or exercise. And, but now massage, it is so self-nurturing. It's fantastic. I do it with healing cream nice. or healing oils, which I mix myself. Mm-hmm. I make some, like I put a basil leaves into olive oil mm-hmm. and get basil oil. It's fantastic. Or plantain, it's very healing herb, which grows everywhere and you can just put mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's daily for me now. Having arrived at this stage of life, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self, Tiana? That problem in inverted commas, quote unquote, is only a perception. And every Mm -hmm. problem actually contains its own solution. That's a quote from The Course in Miracles as well. Uh, and to look at all issues in life, whether they're mental, emotional, relationships, physical, physiological, illness, whatever. Mm -hmm. It needs to be understood like the core truth about what brought it into being is going to Mm -hmm. resolve it. You spoke about acceptance of forces Mm -hmm. that, that shift them. I think that it is acceptance and understanding of truth. Once I yes. understand the truth of mm-hmm. it, like with that man or with a painful shoulder, it was just truth that I spoke. I didn't yes. do anything else. And it just lifted, boom. Truth is the greatest power because it dissolves the dark. It brings out that love and that healing energy in all of us. Yeah, and it just needs one soul. Like I know I drop into that with not clients, just even the random person in the street, you'll have a conversation and you know you've crossed paths with them for a reason and you're there to do some work with them. You're like, okay, here we go. Or they to do work with you. And it's happened in my life like that. I call them earth angels or I've been someone's earth angel and your voice drops and you go into a real soul level. And then something shifts and you feel different for the rest of your life for that couple of sentences, that interaction. There's a, an aspect that you needed to hear that was a mirror inside of yourself from that person or you were that for them. And that's the beauty of when you understand energy. You tap into life at a very core base and it feels like it's a flow state. And you know when you're not flowing, it feels heavy, it feels dense, you feel constricted when it's flowing like our conversation today we could be here till tomorrow morning still <laughs> the podcast. you know it, it's all just feeling very natural and beautiful expansive and you know that you'll have listeners wanting to hear more because you know that it's inviting that heart energy you know and that's truth mm. and thank you for having me no thank you what tiana is offering is tailor-made packages of various natural healing modalities so you would have heard tiana speak today so there's so much that she'll draw on and everything's enhanced by 
the energy reading that she does for you. And what Tiana was saying was for those in financial hardship, do reach out to her and the pricing is negotiable. She'll sort that out with you. And I'll have all the details to Tiana's email and her website. So if you do want to contact her and do face-to-face or distant healing like I did, remember energy can be exchanged distance as well as face-to-face. So for those of you that are still a little bit new to this concept, it doesn't change what Tiana feels and picks up and what she can work with. So I can't wait for the next few episodes that we do together. Um, I've just got this feeling in my heart. It's just really, um, there's joy. It's like I've found someone I can play with. My soul's gone, I've got a friend to play with now. This is good. I've got someone to learn from and play with. This is good. So if you love today's episode, please leave us an Apple review so we know you want more of this content and to make it easier for other people to find the podcast. Also, everyone, do make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends and family on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're now on Google, Amazon. There's a whole bunch of directories as well as ShirePod. So that's where you can get a collection of podcasters from the Sutherland Shire area. If you resonate with this podcast and want to support it financially, please visit my Patreon page for more details and the link will be in the show notes. I look forward to sharing space with you all again. I am your host, Sophia Vrakar. Until next time, remember always, you are loved. You are love. Be love.